Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Work Time Fun Podcast. I'm your co-girl, and let's get this started. On today's podcast, I am joined by my regular guest co-host. If you could introduce yourself. Ray- Raymond. Regular? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, regular guest co-host, because okay. it's been a regular <laughs> guest co-host. So, yeah. Only one this time, though, because we're still missing our buddy who's uh, out on his vacation trip, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. For a few episodes. Yeah. Not okay. to spoil it. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> he said he's keeping up with the shows. We'll see when he gets yeah. back. <laughs> Anyways, on today's podcast, you know, we're just going to be recapping the past week. You know, what else have we been up to um, without our, our buddy? <laughs> no trouble, I'm sure. Uh, we're going to recap about this past week. Because, Raymond, I know you've mentioned you've watched quite a few movies or shows. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of free time this week. Um, I saw four movies. And I guess I'll start with kind of the, the most obscure. Hmm. Uh, I saw a movie called American Pop, which actually is my favorite of the movies I saw last week. Really? It's an animated movie that came out in 1981 directed by ralph bakshi are you familiar with ralph bakshi ralph bakshi not at all he's still he's still alive okay so apparently this guy he might be like a gen x i think if you ask a gen x person they'd be like oh yeah ralph bakshi from the 70s so he did felix the cat he did lord of the rings animated movie do you remember that really he probably didn't watch it but he probably heard of it I, I know of it. I've never watched the animated movie. Yeah. He's got a weird... It's like... Have you seen Heavy Metal? I've heard of it as well. Okay, well he didn't work it. on that, but it's kind of that kind of aesthetic. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I really like this movie. It's um, it's basically... It's, it spans four generations. It starts mm-hmm. in like immigrants in... Well, immigrants, but an immigrant family in, during World War One time. And it, oh, wow. It progresses through World War Two and then the sixties and ends in I guess when this movie comes out, like late seventies, early eighties. And it's just about a uh it's about uh these I guess musically talented uh individuals in each generation who like they wanna be successful in music mm-hmm. but they like run into these obstacles that keep them from I guess achieving their goal or their dream. Like, uh, for example, uh, the, the first, uh, generation, it's a, a kid who immigrates. It's like the World War One era and he, he loves to sing, but he loses his voice because oh. he's, uh, he's like an entertainer for the soldiers. And I guess, uh, like a, 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 an attack happens and bombs drop and it kind of, uh, injured him and he couldn't sing anymore. It's stories like that. Like, it's very, uh, very adult. Hmm. It's very violent. There's a lot of blood, a lot of, um, a lot of violence, a lot of drugs. And the, it moves through these stories using popular music. So you hear like Jimi Hendrix, swing, jazz, uh, and it ends with, uh, uh, Bob Seeger's Night Moves. You're not a, we're not Gen X people, but that's a very popular <laughs> song for the, the Gen X crowd out there who's listening. What kind of genre of music uh, is that? It's like it's like rock, rock, like pop okay. rock. 
Yeah, have some American time. pop. Just, just, just look up Bob Seger Night Moves. You, I think you'll recognize the song. Just okay. They didn't know <laughs> what the name of the song was and who the singer was. Uh, I wish I should have shared a trailer, but I really love this visual style. It's like a, it's rotoscope, and it's like he also puts like real live action shots, like this actual video of fire in the back to show a building is on fire. So he's like what? mixing in. So animation, animation. Mm-hmm. real life uh, uh, video, and um, it has like a cheap look to it. I don't know, I can't <laughs> describe like the animation from that time. It's like a, I mean, cheap compared to now, or cheap for the eighties when it came out. Cheap. Another uh, I mean, like, way, another way, to explain <laughs> it, it's like it's like this movie had budget constraints, and they had to work within their budget. Like it felt like. I guess lo-fi is the best way I could explain it. Like, there's something kind of gritty or grimy about how this kind of animation style looks. I really, I really dig it. Uh, I, I guess an example would be like a you remember the Deadpool movie where um, the f- uh, he had that bag of guns in the taxi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I don't know if this is true or if Rob Reynolds was just messing around, but I think in an interview he said. We were supposed to have a big shootout at the end, but we didn't have the budget for it. So we re- rewrote the scripts where he had to leave his guns in the taxi, like on accident. And they just <laughs> so scripted true. like some, like some martial arts, like fight scene, right? At the yeah, end. Yeah. 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 To save money. Like that's what this movie kind of feels like. It looks like they had some budget restrictions and they worked with it. Um, I don't know. Uh, nothing, nothing but nice things to say about this movie. And I, I thought I'd, bring a lot of attention to it because I don't think anyone's really heard of this or yeah. or anything that Ralph Bakshi has worked on. I might watch some of his other stuff. That's So that's one. <laughs> that's one thing I've watched. Let's dig in there for a second. So yeah. American pop. I mean, yeah. are any of the stories based on like real life or true stories? Uh, so I, I did read a interview with this director mm-hmm. and he said, uh, it's based on true stories, but not specific, like stories okay. that his friends have told him about the immigration process. Um, yeah, and it's actually a great uh, scene. It's the second generation. So when I say generation, I mean that kid who lost his voice, he becomes mm-hmm. an adult and he, he meets a stripper and marries her <laughs> because she is an aspiring singer. And uh, he he makes deals with mob to get her to perform on stage. So he has connections to like the mob. This is like Mm. based in like New York city. Okay. Uh, so they have a kid, uh, she gets murdered, but that kid grows up that that kid's story starts. Does that make sense? So when I say four generations, it's like, there's like offspring. Hold on. <laughs> who, who, who got murdered? What? So they have a kid, yeah. but the wife gets murdered. Oh, the wife gets murdered. Okay. Yeah, by the, by the mob. Out. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so then the story continues with this kid, and he grows up, and he's like a talented piano player. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and then so he wants to he wants to have this career like playing his music, but then he... Because of the the guilt of, I think this, I think this is what happened. Like he's, he has some guilt about be, having these ties to the mob and stuff. So he he enlists into, he he joins the military and he mm-hmm. fights in World War Two, oh, and then man. he you know something happens to him. It's kind of a cool scene, like the way he 
he gets killed. But before he got <laughs> cool before he, he got killed, killed. <laughs> okay. Before he got killed, I found mm-hmm. out he got his wife. He got he got married before he got he, he joined. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got married. His wife was pregnant, and so when she has her kid, we move on to the next generation. And this is you know uh, what I mean. Like this now gotcha. we have now we're following this other story. Sorry. and it goes to the about four generations. Mm-hmm. I see now. It makes sense. Yeah. It, it's following one family through the genera- through their generations, right? Yeah, and the passage of time is told through music. So you have like swing and jazz, and then like when you're transitioning to the next story, you hear like the mamas and the papas. You hear Jimi Hendrix. So like, oh, we're in the fifties. Oh, not fifties. We're in the sixties now because now mm-hmm. it's the music's changing, and they, they also splice in like real life footage of like war and. Uh, stuff like that. It's very cool. It feels um, so it's not something you would see uh, today. Not because of the content, but like the way the the movie looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's it's cool. on Tubi. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it has so that means you got to watch it with commercials um, <laughs> <laughs> spliced in. No sign up option, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, um, speaking of that, what made you get in? Uh, to watch American Pop, I mean, I mean, this is so obscure, you know, in animation from the eighties, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, twenty twenty four right now. How did you hear about this, or what made you watch this film or this animation? Um, I was just scrolling through Tubi, <laughs> <laughs> and I saw the um, yeah, I mean, I just I, I saw the the name, and then I saw Ralph Bakshi, and that's a name mm-hmm. that that triggered something. So I've okay. seen that name before and he's notorious for having, uh, you know, weird cartoons like Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and Felix the cat, which I think is an X rated cartoon at the time. It was. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or it, rated X back then is different from rated X today. Okay. I was like, like it's really? like a hard R <laughs> <laughs> like there's boobs. Yeah. Right. Like I think boobs oh. can be shown in an R rated movie. Uh, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen Felix the Cat. I might watch it. Oh, he also did Cool World. Really? Remember Cool World? Yeah, movie? Cool World. Oh, man. Brad Pitt. Man, I think cool. that was his last movie before he retired. Okay. I, I could be wrong. But. Okay. Well, there's one work I'm kind of familiar with now. So. There you go. <laughs> it is a, I think it was very... I think it was panned by like critics. <laughs> hmm. But uh, I remember that movie was cool because it kind of followed up Roger Rabbit, mm-hmm. and it's it was like a it was like a PG thirteen or R rated movie at the time. Oh, it, it felt like hard PG thirteen, like yeah. you know what I mean? It, it, yeah, it, it kind of kind of played with the borderline. <laughs> if it was PG, I don't know what rating it was, but there it's. And I think and that look of that movie is mm-hmm. it's it kind of uh, fits into what I'm trying to describe. Okay, for American pop, right? right. Yeah. Okay. That kind of makes uh, more yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I just saw it on Tubi, and I remember I saw the name, and then I I googled it. Well, I watched the trailer, and I googled like, wait, is this good? <laughs> <laughs> and it's apparently considered one of his best, but it's not considered great. Mm. So, okay, uh, yeah, that's that's why I chose to watch it. Interesting. Cool. Yep. And then what's next? All right. Um, I saw the original Godzilla from 1954. Oh, that's um, not a change. Godzilla <laughs> 19 is was this also on Tubi? 
This is also on Tubi. Huh. And that, that is a gold mine for really obscure movies. Oh, well, I don't know Godzilla is that yeah. obscure. Well, kind of. <laughs> Especially from 1954, I'd say the the very first. Actually, this is not the first one that uh, that was shown in the United States. This was uh oh really? Uh, I've heard that. Oh, I read that. Uh, the one that I think most people are familiar with are, is um, Godzilla: King of the Monsters, which has Raymond Burr in it. Hmm. And what they did was they took this movie and they spliced in Raymond Burr and had like lookalike actors to play the same characters. And they have the characters like have their backs faced towards the camera, so it's mm-hmm. like he they try to kind of make it seem like he's in the same room as them. Uh, I haven't uh, seen it, but I really want to watch it. And the the whole message of the movie is completely like flipped. Um, flipped in what do you mean? Should, flipped in what way? Uh, so this this Godzilla movie, uh, not so subtle commentary about sort of the, the American military and mm. post-World War II Japan. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of like an, not a blatant, but it's implied as kind of like an anti-American, anti-American. sentiment. Yeah. yeah. That's what like I, Godzilla could be seen as, you know, America. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could see that metaphor. I, I kind of really like the, the, the metaphor that they're using here. I think it's really effective. I think it's kind of the strength of this movie. It's also kind of, it's not campy at all. It's kind of dark. It's serious. Like people are dying and they show the deaths, like, <laughs> like the bodies being carried away. When I think of Godzilla, you don't think of the people dying. Like Godzilla is fighting for the people, like another monster. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. And also, oh. our, we, we talked, I uh, cut out a little bit. Yeah. It's... Oh, man. Well, uh, like I said, uh, I think we talked off. We talked uh, before recording, but mm-hmm. our context for Godzilla when we grew up, would you say, is Matthew Broderick, nineteen ninety eight? Oh yeah, at least um, I know we both mentioned our introduction to Godzilla, at least, right? Yes, mm-hmm. and I think that's that Godzilla is kind of accurate because it's he's the Godzilla is the bad guy in that movie, whereas other Godzilla movies, I saw the twenty fourteen one with Brian Cranston. Mm-hmm. I remember Godzilla that one too. Was, he kind of worked with the people, but they just kind of didn't know yet, so they yeah. weren't sure. I know there was like kind of that tonal shift, like the earlier 1998 Godzilla. Okay, he was clearly the bad monster. That we, I mean, I don't even remember the whole film, but I just remember Godzilla was the main bad guy, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote. But then by the time you get to the 2014 one, I mean, you say with Bryan Cranston, you know, at first Godzilla seemed like the antagonist, but He's actually like helping because he's fighting another monster that's actually the bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. Is that how it turns out to be? I kind of forgot. It's been some time. No, I, I think so. I wonder how they made that clear because I know they all thought he was the bad guy. I yeah, have to rewatch yeah. it, but I guess I think it's probably pretty well done how they did that because mm-hmm. it seemed pretty seamless. <laughs> yeah, I right? mean, for me to remember, even like after however long it's been, what almost a decade, practically, right? That's right. It's ten years old. Yeah, that's weird. And then it's like, I haven't really watched it again since, but I do remember that kind of specific detail. Like you initially think Godzilla's the bad guy, but later on you find Mm -hmm. out he's not. So, yeah. And I think, I think just in general, like outside of the 98 Godzilla, I think Godzilla's generally a good guy. Mm -hmm. So I think for fans who entered that movie, they knew he was going to be a good guy, but I think they're trying to see like, 
when when the you know when the when the people would figure out and I think Chow Yun Fat, I think he's in that movie, right? Is he? He's like the there's an Asian guy in there. He's like a scientist. <laughs> oh, come on. I think it's Chow Yun Fat. Don't generalize here, man. I'll have to check. <laughs> Fact well, check. There definitely is a I don't want to click. There generally uh, is yep. an Asian guy. Mm-hmm. I think there's always been an Asian guy in each one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Godzilla is very uh, Japanese in some capacity, but um. Oh, I, I googled the wrong thing. Chayon <laughs> fat Asian guy. Chayon uh, fat Godzilla. On, <laughs> All right, but anyways, um, even in the older Japanese versions of Godzilla, you know, we, you do find out that he generally is kind of a good guy because he's always fighting other monsters that are more <laughs> like, you know, vicious or bad or I don't know. Like, at least from what I recall, seeing from different clips and videos of old Godzilla films, or was it a TV show in Japan also? Godzilla? Yeah, or was it only movies? I'm trying to... I feel like it's only movies. Okay. I don't... I'm thinking, like, you know, the old puppet ones, where it was clearly someone in in a Godzilla costume, you know? I think those were all movies. Okay. And I want to apologize. It's not Chow Yun (laughs) Fat. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Great. Okay. Oh, my God. It's Ken Watanabe, so it's not even... How could you mess that up, man? (laughs) Uh, That movie was 10 years ago. Uh, They're not even... My bad. My bad, my bad. Um... Anyway, uh, uh-huh. to continue. Um, <laughs> Anyways, okay. Enough of the Godzilla. Or I don't know if you had something more to add to that. but uh, Well, I will say there's an interesting line in this movie. It's kind of innocuous. So when they discover who Godzilla is. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, hold up. Are you talking oh, about no, the 1954 film? 1954. Or? Or back okay. 1954. Yeah, 1954 no, Godzilla. Not who Godzilla is. When they, just, when they finally like confirm that. Okay, so the movie starts like a bunch of boats in the same area are being destroyed. Okay. And there's a rumor going around that's a giant dinosaur. By the way, Godzilla's a dinosaur. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, that's his when origin. They finally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they finally have proof that it's a dinosaur, that Godzilla's real, I think they got pictures, like he shows up. Mm-hmm. It shows up in these newspapers. So there's a scene where there's a bunch of civilians. I know they're in a, either in a bus or they're on a bus stop. I don't remember. And they're all reading newspapers, so you see the headline. And it's it's kind of innocuous line that stuck with me. This this woman goes, she says something like, "It's like, man, I just escaped Nagasaki, and now I get to go through this." Oh, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" And, and I realized that Nagasaki, the bombing was just like this movie was nineteen fifty four. That Nagasaki is like mid forties. It's like yeah. less than ten years ago when that bombing happened. Oh, I was geez. like, "Wow, that's kind of that's kind of powerful." <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's kind of like a weird window into like Japanese life post bombing. Like mm-hmm. we got to go back to our mundane lives, like our back to our routines. We just have back to like normalcy, I guess, even though like freaking we just got bombed like yeah twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought it was a very strange, not strange, but just a kind of a off putting like line. How casual it is when she yeah. said it. That 1954 film, it's a Japanese production, right? Or is yes. It, okay. Japanese. Interesting. So. Hmm. Um, and there is a scene where Godzilla is attacking and there's a woman holding her kids and she is, she's, she says something like, you know, we're going to join 
daddy now or something, implying that other oh, dad was killed yeah. not by Godzilla because it's Godzilla's first attack in that area. Imply that he was killed, likely in the war from the bombing. Yeah. Oh, from okay, from the bomb. The bomb. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard in the American version of Raymond Burr, they have that scene, but they don't translate her her lines. Mm. So she's just speaking in Japanese. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like she's just like screaming in terror at the at Godzilla. Oh wow! Instead of <laughs> saying, you know. So uh, kind of hiding the fact there, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's like they they cut a lot of anti-American kind of sentiments. I really want to. I might watch this. Um, you know, maybe we'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, so there's like two versions of it, right? The Japanese yes. and the American version. Uh, that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and I think one last thing about that. I think uh, because that version of the movie is so popular with Raymond Burr. Mm-hmm. I think they made Godzilla seem less, uh, because, uh, I think they adopted this version of Godzilla or that version of Godzilla where he's more of like a, not really a threat to like the Japanese people. Mm-hmm. He's just a, a monster who's, and I can't say because I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm not going to make that, I'm not going to make a prediction on what I think about. Um, why Godzilla changed mm-hmm. from being a monster for the uh, who killed people to a monster who, who fought for the people, yeah, or like a <laughs> right, like a protector, a benevolent monster, right? Like yeah, someone who's not really a protector of the people, kind of in a way. Yeah, like it, it kind of gets when, to that point. When did he make that transition? I feel like there's a. There's something there with, with that had American influence on it, but uh, I can't. I don't want to make that call for sure. That's, <laughs> oh, that's a lot of old movie watching to figure out. Yeah, and I don't want to watch yeah. these. These movies look pretty bad. <laughs> so, so the original 1954 Japanese Godzilla. So it's clearly Godzilla is like clearly a bad guy, right? Or yes, okay, clearly a monster that killed and destroyed things, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's, he's not trying to kill people. He's just this one scientist, I think his, I think that's who Ken Watanabe. No, he doesn't. It's someone else. Okay. There's a scientist there who doesn't want to kill Godzilla, but all of the Japanese government, Japanese military is like, mm-hmm. we want to kill Godzilla because he's he's a big monster and he killed people. Isn't that how like how all movies are like you know the scientist guy always wants to like no we need to do the research or whatever yeah yeah we want to preserve like, him yeah and military is always like no we got to destroy it yeah. So. Well, there's another layer there. He's mm-hmm. so Godzilla's radioactive, so he's leaving off radiation uh, uh, wherever he steps because his, his big footprint is like radiation emanating from it. Mm. And that's because uh, he lives in the water, and someone is doing underwater nuclear testing. Oh, someone is, and that's why Godzilla <laughs> and it, it kills all the food in the area. Mm-hmm. So Godzilla is hungry, so he comes up. And that's why Godzilla is out, like out of his hiding space. Mm-hmm. And uh, just because of all the yeah, nuclear and bombings they, and stuff, atomic bombs. They, yeah. they can't kill him. Like the guns aren't killing him. They put like an electric fence, and that doesn't. That's not stopping him. And uh, so they figure out that they they this, they find out that there's a scientist here who created this. It's kind of it's kind of corny. He created like this <laughs> weapon 
that can kill Godzilla. It's called like the oxygen destroyer, <laughs> where it's like a bomb uh-huh. <laughs> that sucks all the oxygen mm-hmm. out of the area. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like a another weapon, right? Okay. So the scientist is like, why don't we just study what makes Godzilla immune to radiation mm-hmm. instead of creating a bigger weapon to kill Godzilla? So you can kind of see the me- the, the metaphors are mm-hmm. spreading here. I think it's really cool. Um, anyway, they, they actually kill Godzilla in the movie, not to spoil it. Oh, wow. Well, I'm I mean. sure there's a sequel where he comes back to life. But. Talking about a 70-year-old movie, so that's fine. <laughs> That's right. That's, that's a quick math. Yeah. Uh, uh, other than that, there's a love there's a love triangle that doesn't work. I don't know why they went there, uh, but that's my only real complaint. It, it, it's campy. It's kind of corny, but uh, that that metaphor is it's a little on the nose, but I think it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. So, Can't yeah, that's that. another positive. I know last week or last recording, I I hated everything. <laughs> it definitely seemed <laughs> so, like, like it. I'm, I'm coming in with a different. Uh, uh, different tune. Diff- yeah, different tune. <laughs> All right. Well, let's keep it rolling. All right. Well, I'm going to combine these two. Okay. And uh, I saw, because I, I think I mentioned either off recording or on recording that, you know, my my daughter's at an age where she can handle uh, Disney movies. I think, was it Snow White I watched last week? or I think it was Snow White because you're Snow complaining White, about the dwarves. Dalmatians. I think Dalmatians was previous, 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 okay, yeah. and then Snow White was a more recent one. Okay, so this week we saw <laughs> Aladdin, mm. one with uh, Robin Williams. Nice, <laughs> good, the actual uh, good classic one, the good one. Um, <laughs> this game, they're all good. Hey, Disney, help us out. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Disney fund our podcast. Yeah, talk actually about um, your old movies. Yeah, before you get there, um, just put yeah. some context. So I get the gist that you're just introducing your kid into all the old Disney classics. Is that right? Uh, kind of, yeah. Kind of? Okay. Disney Plus just kind of throws them up there. <laughs> Let's pick one. <laughs> gotcha. And cool. That I think that's a really good, good and noble thing. So, anyways, yeah. Carry on with Aladdin. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because like just a year ago, like we play this, we play Aladdin, and you know the opening scene has that sand tiger mm-hmm. that eats the guy. Because he's not the diamond in the rough. <laughs> I don't even remember, but he's, he's not Aladdin. Only Aladdin can go in his mouth and get the lamp. Oh, man, it's been a while. Oh, man. That oh, scene scared her. Oh, you're talking about that, that <laughs> cave, right? That cave. Yeah, the cave of cave of wonders? Is that? I think so. Dude, you're making me like remember oh, okay. stuff well, from it, way a long time ago. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big tiger head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? And you walk inside. Uh Oh. I guess only Aladdin was allowed in. Hey, um, yeah. sorry to butt in, but I got this little no, fa- factoid. Um, what did they say to open up that cave door? Or what's the magic words? Ah, I forgot. Like the usual, like magic words to open something. Uh, was there a magic word? Yeah, or phrase. Oh man, this trivia is not going to work for you if I don't remember. <laughs> Well, I forgot what it was. Okay. So, you know, it, it goes, uh, open sesame, right? Is that what they said? Yeah. The, is that what they say? Uh, I don't remember okay. that. Okay. Or, or maybe not. <laughs> but um, it, it made me think of, like, okay, that kind of phrase in order to, 
like yeah. some some cave or some door to open. You always say "open sesame," and okay. I actually the origin of this phrase. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What is it? It might not be a letter, <laughs> but it was a little fact. What I learned is like it's not "open sesame." It's supposed to be "open says me." Oh, yeah. well, that's that is interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, because you know, uh, someone said it probably like in an accent or something, so people misunderstood. And just translated to uh, "open sesame," <laughs> but it was open supposed to be sesame. "open says me." Yeah, that's a little fact oh. I want to throw in there. <laughs> oh, is that true, or is that just a is that a joke? I have no idea. <laughs> it sounded true to me. I can't. I can't validify. <laughs> I can't speak for the validity of it. But it sounded, it's like the cool. the origin of nachos. Hmm. What's that? Some guy saw a bunch of chips and cheese on a plate, and he mm-hmm. said, "Oh, this looks pretty good." He's about to grab one, and some guy's like, "Hey, they not chose." <laughs> I was like, "Is that true?" Uh, that sounds like a I joke. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Could be true, but that sounds yeah, like a don't, joke. Don't tell those stories to a kid because they'll carry that with them. I'll say, "Oh, it's uh, true." Yeah. My, uh, mm-hmm. you know, an older, an older guy told me. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I quit. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyways, I watched Aladdin. Yeah. So back to Aladdin. Um. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's a it, movie. Still looks good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the songs are great and uh no genie genie's like he carries this movie because if you have there's no genie in this movie like aladdin's kind of a uh, (laughs) these these characters are pretty generic and one-dimensional it's pretty flat would you say yeah a little bit yeah Yeah. but and robin williams as genies uh he brings life to the movie right yeah that, that, that kind of manic energy i don't think can be replicated by any, I can't think of an actor today who brings that kind of uh, energy. I, I don't want to dwell on that because I can't <laughs> think of any at the moment. Yeah. Um, oh, no. That's yeah, why it's he, a great movie. Yeah. That's yeah, why but, he's a great Robin Williams, man. He was just awesome, man. Awesome. Can't speak yeah, enough. <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't get annoying, I guess, because he, he is really everywhere in this movie. <laughs> But he, he is like, he is like the, every scene he's in, he's like the best part of it. Like the best part of that movie. Like he really chews those scenes. Uh, I, I thought of it like, it's like dropping a Looney Tunes character into a, like a, a Disney movie. It's like throwing it. There, there are those, what's that? I said, it's like going to be throwing an Animaniacs character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost, like, but not as, not as yeah, manic as of, those. But. That's kind of in the same. <laughs> realm because mm-hmm. when i think of a disney comedic character i think of like the, the monkey a, a booth like <laughs> he kind of fits that mold of like you're the comic relief or maybe iago but oh, that's the bird yeah. right yeah the, he's kind of comic relief it's like the gilbert gottfried kind of humor yeah but if you put like a that's there's so much more so much tamer than like dropping like a daffy duck into this movie or a like a Looney Tunes level, okay. like the, the Looney Tunes is way more manic, I think, than yeah, you know, Disney movies. Agree. Or Disney yeah. characters, like <laughs> yes, the animated characters, yeah, yeah, or characters in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, movies a little racist, I think, <laughs> with the, the depictions there, and I think Disney Plus has a little pop up 
uh, text. Is there a warning? A warning message? Yeah. (laughs) It says, uh, this movie uh, is a product of its time, and there's some negative racial stereotypes. Oh, wow. But we don't want to censor it, so we just want to put this warning up here instead. I think think that's cool. That's a good way to show um, racist stuff. Even as recent as, what, that was the 90s? 92, I believe. Yeah, early 90s. Yeah, I thought, those, I thought those warning labels for like were just the older stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Like in the nineties, we didn't; they were already censoring blackface. But they didn't think about brownface. <laughs> brownface took another thirty years. Actually, um, can you briefly explain yeah. what was the racism? Because I mean, it was too long ago for me to remember or even recall. So, oh, just the depiction of like Middle Eastern culture and characters and. Mm-hmm. How Alad? Well, Jafar is a very Middle Eastern looking character, and then Aladdin's a very Western looking with the big eyes <laughs> and the. Oh right, Jafar is like more slanted. Yeah, eyes, the, right? the, yeah. the enemies are more slant-eyed, and mm-hmm. just how they like. There's talks of like beheading and stuff, and um, I don't know okay. if that's historically accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it could be. I don't know. It feels kind of. Kind of outdated, in yeah, that like sense. How a, de- a little outdated. Gotcha. How they're <laughs> depicted, right? Yeah, yeah. And and Robin Williams, genie. I, I I can't recall, but I'm sure he says when he transforms into something else. I'm sure there's something not appropriate in one of those transformations. <laughs> I have to rewatch. Uh, um, now I said that uh, all the movies I saw were good. Uh, mm-hmm. We I saw a movie like the day before we recorded. We're recording now. Yeah. Uh. My kid loved Aladdin so much, I thought I'd show her the sequel. Mm. So we watched uh, The Return of Jafar. Oh, wow. And um, Not a throwback. Yep. Yeah. Without Robin Williams, they, they got Homer Simpson to give it a shot. Oh, really? Was- the voice of Homer, yeah, Dan Castellaneta, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Yeah. Yeah, so Robin Williams had beef with Disney because of Aladdin. And so he wanted no part of the sequel. And, um, oh, wow. I think it's because he had a movie coming out around the same time as Aladdin. So mm-hmm. he said, I will do Genie, but I don't want you promoting Genie in this movie. And this is like, yeah, sure, we'll do that. But Genie's like all over the <laughs> promotional materials. <laughs> so it's like they kind of broke a contract with him and he mm-hmm. got mad. And he said he, he said he'd never worked for Disney again. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who broke that agreement, Jeff Katzenberg? I don't know his last name, that's Katzenberg. He went off to start DreamWorks, and uh, when he left Disney for DreamWorks, Robin Williams came back to Disney and you know, did oh, wow. Genie again. Yeah. Hmm. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of cool history with Aladdin. I don't know if I, there's time to get into it, but just um, because of Robin Williams, the course of animated movies changed in the way they cast the voice actors really because now it's like we gotta have celebrities do voice acting for these characters before robin williams very rarely have big name actors voice uh the characters they have voice actors do it mm-hmm. but yeah. they saw how marketable robin williams was and like oh what if you throw go make shark tale and throw will smith and uh, who's Queen Latifah? I don't know who's in that movie, but every celebrity yeah. is in that movie, right? Throw big names in to promote. Yeah, their and they sh- and they show it. Yeah. like mm-hmm. when they show the Mario Brothers movie, it's like 
Chris Pratt, Anya Taylor-Joy, Jack Black. Like, they show the names, and that's supposed to be a draw for the movie. Oh, yeah. That's Robin Williams' fault. <laughs> <laughs> what, for, for doing the part? <laughs> for, for being so good for at being this too role. Famous. <laughs> yeah, or just being great at yeah. making Aladdin a great movie. Anyway, I return to Far Sucks. <laughs> good 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 and bad <laughs> yeah uh it's uh, i i don't mind the 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 drop in animation quality because it is okay but the the story is it's not even about aladdin it's about iago like his redemption arc i don't you probably don't remember this movie but not at all i think i watched it once <laughs> yeah, and as, as a kid has, yeah it's uh it's it's bad in that i don't think the scope is much smaller, and when when you think of sequels to any movie, uh, usually when you, when you make a sequel to a movie that's popular, the movie's usually bigger. Bigger, yeah. Right. Iron Man Two is bigger than Iron Man One. Like Winter Soldier is bigger than Captain America. Oh yeah, by far. One, whatever that movie was called, First Avenger, Terminator Two, Terminator One. Like you expect more, bigger. Uh, this the scope is much larger. This movie is much smaller. <laughs> Like, it only takes place in the castle, for mm. the most part. Like, Jafar, you know, for some reason, Jafar is discovered. So I guess they never really got rid of him. But he's discovered so quickly by some thug. Mm-hmm. And um, he has a plan. Like, he wants to get revenge on Aladdin. And uh, he could have had his revenge midway through the movie. But because of, like, plot armor... He like screws himself over, and I don't want to spoil how how like how dumb his plan was to uh, get fine. revenge on Aladdin. Talk about another what twenty something year old movie or close. <laughs> so, well, yeah. well, let's say this: he wants to kill Aladdin, but he could have killed him midway through the movie. But he rescues him because that's not the way he wants to kill him. Like he wants him to, I don't know, go to prison or something and be beheaded. Oh. Uh, he, okay. he captures each character one by one, but locks them up in their own castle. Like everything takes place in the castle. It's like, why are they still here? Like, if you're going to lock prisoners up, why lock them in their own castle? Like, take them to a, like a, a shed or something and, I don't know, murder them. You're, you're getting revenge, right? Saving on background animation at this point. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah if, right? It feels like it's cheaper, yeah. but then mm-hmm. the, if they're going to go cheaper, have a more ambitious story, I guess. You know, um, and I just want to bring up one more thing. Okay. Uh, the opening scene has like four racist caricatures looting like a cave of like treasure. <laughs> and Aladdin comes in and interrupts it mm-hmm. and he steals the treasure from them. So I'm like, why is this, why is Aladdin stealing treasure? He's already like, he lives in the castle now. He, yeah. he buried Princess Jasmine. Like, you're it's rich. <laughs> Yeah, and it's even more egregious because he takes one of the treasures. It's like a flower, like a golden flower or something, <laughs> and he gives it to Jasmine as a, as a gift. <laughs> like, dude, he stole that. <laughs> like, they forgot that. Hey, it's not cool to just steal because that's what you did when you were poor. Now that you're rich, you shouldn't be stealing anymore. You should be, you know, sharing your bread with the kids, <laughs> like in the first movie. So I just right? don't care about the morality of anything. It's like they <laughs> forgot. It's like. There's so much. The, the writing is so bad. <laughs> or maybe just kept uh, them. Oh, once a thief, always a thief. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's what my cousin said. My cousin was yeah. watching with us. Like, well, you know, he has he has old habits. I was like, <laughs> old, well, he's not a protagonist anymore. He's old habits die hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, Genie, uh, you know, I'll, he tried. Uh, Homer's uh, the voice, the voice of Homer Simpson. He mm-hmm. kind of sounds like him. Genie's kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like he does the same thing, but he's like interrupting them when they talk, hmm. or when things are serious, he interrupts it with a joke. It's like, oh, Genie, need to tone it down. You're kind of, you're kind of annoying. <laughs> I wonder if that's the writing fault or is that the voice actor's fault? I think when you he say- doesn't have he doesn't have the same gravitas okay. <laughs> as Robin Williams, but oh, yeah. I think he did a decent job. Mm-hmm. But you can tell like the energy is not there; like he can't keep up. Yeah, or he doesn't keep up with the pace of you know a, a, a OG a genie. Yeah, like our expectations of how genie should be is not met with this. Yeah, he, I think he doesn't have the the energy, mm-hmm. but I, you know, he tried, and I'm not going to knock him for that. I'll knock the writing though for making it kind of obnoxious. Genie, <laughs> yeah. shut up! <laughs> you know, not a good time for a joke, and your mm-hmm. jokes kind of suck. Yeah. Uh, and oh, I had one more uh, interesting, well, <laughs> one more point I wanted to make. It's about uh oh man, let's see, we had genie. Oh, maybe it'll come back to me. The songs are pretty good. I'll I'll give it a <laughs> a, little, a little point for that. The songs they're not annoying. They're kind of uh, catchy. Hmm. Oh man, I had a I had one more. Oh, uh, plot armor. Okay. So the only way to kill I'm gonna kind of spoil. It. The only way to kill Jafar is to destroy the lamp. So, what? Because he's a <laughs> he's a genie, right? If you destroy oh, the wait, lamp, wait, yeah. It was that from Jafar the last from the last movie, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a continuation. So yeah. he's he's a genie. Mm-hmm. And he's super powerful, but if you destroy the lamp, you destroy Jafar. Uh, so Aladdin and them, they're trying to find a way to steal the lamp from that goon. Mm-hmm. And then Jafar sees like the lamp is left behind for some reason. And then uh, Aladdin's about to reach for it. And he's like, uh-uh, don't you, do, don't you dare. And he, he splits the ground up. So there's lava underneath, right? So like the, the lamp is now sitting on an island. So I'm like, okay. why would you put your lamp in more danger? Because now there's lava surrounding the lamp, right? And the, uh, you know, Iago tries to distract him, but he smacks Iago, and Iago falls by the lamp, <laughs> like all dizzy. But mm-hmm. no, anyway, the lamp falls in the lava. <laughs> it's like you so did this to yourself. He created like, his own method of demise, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's. Uh, I saw it coming. It's like, oh, why is there lava everywhere? <laughs> That's how he's gonna die. Because I didn't know their plan. <laughs> Remember, it's a kids' movie. It's gotta be simplified. <laughs> well, my kid walked away. So, oh wow, <laughs> she got bored. She went to play Legos. I finished the movie. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's a good. Re- that's that's actually a good reason. Like, hey, know. kids know when a movie sucks. If they see a good Aladdin movie and they see a terrible sequel, you can't fool them. That that, that movie is worse. Uh, they'll know. And they'll play. <laughs> the first... They'll get distracted, and then they'll. They'll bother like your grandparents to play with them. Nice. Yeah, you made a really anyway, good point there. <laughs> yeah. The kid. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll, it's so easy to hate something and just to praise. So I'll uh, stop there. But that movie was not good. Okay. And I do, I do want to see the third one just to kind of wrap it up. There's a third one. <laughs> yeah, Aladdin in the King of Thieves. Or the oh Prince my gosh! Of Thieves. I didn't even know. <laughs> Robin Williams comes back. Huh. I might have to it's give that. Tril- a it's a trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> When he said third movie, I was thinking uh, about the live action one. <laughs> so, uh, well, that's besides the point. Uh, that's all I've watched. I hope hmm. that's a good time filler for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's get him out of there. Um, yeah. 
So that's quite interesting picks there. I mean, it looks like that you stream through Tubi, so you get a lot of inspiration of watching movies there. <laughs> and Disney Plus. Yeah, Aladdin. and Disney Plus. But that's more of like, okay, a regular thing. It's for my kid. Yeah. They're probably going to recommend the third movie. So it's like, oh, let's, let's just finish it. Let's, <laughs> I want to remember. It also brings like my, my nostalgia. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, actually, you have another good indicator of uh, how well or how bad a movie is by your kids staying, <laughs> like, paying attention to it or not. Yeah. Well, I asked her, it's like, why, why don't you want to watch this? And she said, it looks, it doesn't look as good as the first movie. So I think her complaint was the animation. Oh, really? It's like, well, we have to have a discussion about budgets, right? <laughs> this is straight to video. They don't even have the budget of, of the first movie. Uh, so I'll, I'll bring in, a, we'll, we'll talk about uh, movie budgets and stuff before we <laughs> watch the third one. Oh, yeah. Bring our graphs and everything. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you think uh, we're going to spend money on a VHS tape? <laughs> it's all. She only knows Disney Plus now, so. I know. All right? the same. VHS. That's yeah. so weird. Yeah, you're so old. <laughs> We're so old. <laughs> okay. It, I should mention, like, when you take a picture with your phone, mm-hmm. that shutter sound, they don't know what that is. The camera shutter, the click. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. They just think it's just a confirmation of a photo taken. Yeah. Or, like, when you save your file on Microsoft Word, you see that diskette. <laughs> they don't know what that is. Yeah. That's so weird. Kids today. That's so weird to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. I guess uh transition to whatever I've watched for this past week. Um so in the theme of okay, some of the movies you watched, uh I watch a kind of a classic, I mean more current, Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure most Guillermo people should Guillermo del Toro. Oh yeah. And then um what's his name? Charlie Hunnam is the main character. A lot I of people forgot who's in that movie. <laughs> yeah. And then um uh <clears throat> Marco, or I forgot the girl's name. It was quite interesting because I remember watching this, but I didn't quite remember everything. So watching this back again, and I caught it on Netflix because it was like, you know, their newest release, even though it's an older movie. But um, yeah, I was like, man, honestly, I was thinking of trying to watch something about Godzilla because I know we discussed about what movies and shows we watched. So I was actually kind of looking for a Godzilla movie. But then I was like, ah, crap. It's not, nothing's really available that I wanted to watch. But Pacific mm. Rim was there. I thought, okay, cool. That's, that's similar. You know, that's monsters fighting. But sure. instead of a good guy monster, it's giant robot mech. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, I'm trying to think about wh- what made Pacific Rim so popular. I mean, is that it because. Guillermo del Toro, for yeah, one. The visuals, I think, yeah. I mean, it, it was awesome visuals, at least for the time. I mean, it looks really good even when I watched it in Netflix. And then, of course, you get huge, big monster battles. I don't know too many movies or films that have, like, humans inside of big robot mechs fighting you know, these outlandish yeah, This might creatures. have been one of the first yeah. to like have like a live action Gundam style. Yeah. Cause everything else is like animated or anime mm-hmm. anime or something of that yeah. sort. And we haven't really had something like that, like you said, in live action form. So yeah. I think this was kind of that first iteration of that, of this kind. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the big draw. And plus it was a decent story. You know, it was, 
you know, it was heartfelt when Charlie Hunnam's character uh, had his brother and then he died during a battle. So, of course, he kind of fell off and stopped being a, I don't know what, I don't know what you call it, a pilot, I think, for those mechs. And then. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched this. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> and then, so, the threat of of all the monsters uh, is increasing. Like, the frequency of, of them coming up. Um, was starting to become That's right. yeah, I remember that. more and more um, like quicker. And then so they have to recruit him back. And then, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have his brother, obviously, because his brother died during his last fight. So they have to find a replacement. And there's a whole story of that, of how they have to be like work together, be compatible, and that old steel. Does it take two people to like run a, a mech or something? Yes. So that's the thing with these. Mechs, um, yeah. they tried with just one person, but because it's like they have to sync their brains to the to robot to function for some reason, right. yeah. it's like it one person is is um uh it's too much for them to handle to control one mm-hmm. mech, so they have to use two people to share the burden of that stress. But then you have to have a good bond with that other person because it's like some kind of mind meld, you know, their minds are mixed together. Mm. And so the more uh the more attuned they are, usually you'll see the different pilots in the movie. They're like twins or they're brothers and sisters or mm. or uh there's a father son duo, you know, like usually related yeah. in some sort. And then this was like one of the first ones where, you know, Charlie Hunnam's main character matches with someone else completely different. But anyways, mm. yeah, story goes, they match. They go through their crying moments, they get better, and then they defeat the monsters or destroy the tunnel where they're coming from. I forgot that little portal thing. So well uh Did you like did you like the movie? I, I remember not liking this movie. Really? I Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'll go back. Um yeah, I just did a quick gist of the movie because whatever. Oh, it's been years. Okay, go ahead. But anyways I remember the watch first time I watched it, I enjoyed it. More so because of the action and just like seeing the cool like oh man, mechs versus monsters, you know it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's fun. It's, it's like a cool a, premise, yeah, fun entertainment thrill, you know, action. Yeah, um, stories, whatever. You know, it's it's okay <laughs> enough. It's passable. So it, yeah. it's no Oscar winning, you know, like, sure thing or whatever. It's not yeah. superb writing, but um, as far as entertaining, I I definitely felt entertained. And after watching it again mm-hmm. on Netflix, I was like, I was wholly entertained. I had fun watching it again. And remember, oh, okay. Now I paid attention to the story a little bit more because you know, it's my, my second, third viewing. I don't know how many times I've watched it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So between this and Godzilla 2014. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Because I, I favor one way more than the other. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you can go ahead and explain. I mean, go ahead and expand on what you were going to say. Oh, uh, or you're I, asking me. Godzilla, I was asking you. Oh, okay. What's your question? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh what, is this movie, uh, this movie or Godzilla 2014, which is the better movie? Because they're both monster movies, kind of. Yeah. Okay. I know the different stories, different tone, but yeah, I'll give you this. I enjoyed the Godzilla 2014 film mm-hmm. because it has a way more in-depth story, and you're you feel the connection to the the characters, and like it. Storyline as a plus, like it's just more, way more in depth and way more detailed 
than the Pacific Rim movie. But okay. I'll be honest, I had more fun out of the Pacific Rim movie, just the entertainment value of it, as opposed to Godzilla 2014. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, it was a good movie, Godzilla 2014. Don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed that, too. But it's like, hmm, you know, like, I have to enjoy, I enjoyed the story, but I'm not entertained as much. Like, I could feel a little bit bored at sometimes, because it's just, it felt long to me. I remember just feeling kind of bored at moments. Like, I'm still intrigued. I like the story, but... You know, get well, to the monster. Kind of, it kind of, yeah, it, it kind of blue balls you, right? They, mm-hmm. they kind of tease action, but they hide yeah. it. Like for a lot Not of times, you, very don't, end. you don't really yeah. see them, right? For a lot of the, the film. until I like, think that's intentional. I think like yeah. we're going to save all the action for the very end. Yeah. Just save- not that scene where they, they skydive with the red smoke following them. Mm-hmm. You remember that? They like skydive into the city. I remember that part. I don't remember it entirely, but Man, I don't remember it. I just yeah. thought that little sequence is better than anything I saw on Pacific Rim. I guess <laughs> the, the, I, from what I remember, Pacific Rim, like those action scenes, they're just, they're just noise to me. <laughs> mm. I, I guess it's, it's, I think Roger Ebert said something like, uh, action without consequence is just noise or something. Mm. It's like, you know, punch, punch, punch for 20 minutes. It's like, well, now we're not really advancing anything. We're just seeing some guy's uh, graphic design skills or animation skills on display. Um, I, I got to watch the movie again. I know it's been a while, but I just remember thinking that a lot of those action scenes are kind of dull. But again, guys of the 24, there's not many action scenes, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they obscure it. A lot of movie takes place at night. Yeah. Actually, I, Pacific Rim takes place at night. <laughs> no, there's like daytime fights. But I mean, thematically, they're, they're kind of two different films. So, yeah. Because in 2014, you know, it's, it's definitely a story kind of movie. You know, it, its strengths lies in its story. And yeah, I think the characters are yeah. pretty dull, but yeah, yeah it, it's more narrative focused. I yes. Guess. However you explain it, you're, you're better to explain <laughs> we're saying it. Yeah. We're, saying, we're saying the same thing. Yeah. And then. <laughs> Yeah, Pacific Rim. It's just like, hey, you know, it's just monsters brawling, basically. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just a thrill ride. So, I'm trying to think of something similar that isn't dull, but I'm I'm thinking of Jurassic Park now. <laughs> um, you mean something that's, that's, that's kind of that's, dull that's, and exciting at the same time, or how do you something mean something that's a little more lighter in tone, but mm-hmm. somehow has the same kind of thrills, but. Jurassic Park is not really action. That's more thriller, mm-hmm. like monster chasing someone. Yeah. I, I will say, you know, in Pacific Rim, there, there's like cheesy characters and sure. some of the dialogue is just <laughs> laughable. You know? <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, what's his name? Charlie Day as a scientist. I was like, really? Come on. <laughs> he, he's oh, I a, forgot he was in that movie. Um, yeah. He, I mean, I, I know more from um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So right. you know, I, I can't get my mind off of this goofball character being like this, you know, kind of. Is he also a scientist in Jurassic World? Is he? he probably is. Is he, in, is he in that movie? Well, he's. I know he's Luigi. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is more fitting for his part, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the roster of uh, Jurassic World. I'm not much of a fan of it, so. Um, yeah, that's not a good. I mean, that's another. That, that movie yeah. kind of took itself seriously too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not really. I mean, yeah, it's a mix. Yeah, I'm trying to find an equivalent of Pacific Rim, but I, I guess I won't come up with one before mm-hmm. we're done recording. So. Yeah, 
Uh, we'll figure it That's out. That's fine. But anyways, yeah. yeah. At least in comparison to those two films. Yeah. yeah. Both enjoyable in, in two different ways. We'll say that. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that wraps it up for us. So uh, any final words, Raymond, or anything else? And any uh, any plugs? Last things? Oh, plug. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Letterboxd. <laughs> uh, paid lunch break. Uh, capital P, capital L, capital B. I reviewed four movies. Um, and spoiler, I didn't like Turn of Jafar. Got one of my lowest reviews. Or lowest, I think it's a five-star five star scale. Mm, I think it's, okay. it's like a ten-point scale because oh. they have half points. Okay. So it's five stars, but you can do halves. That's technically ten points. Uh, this one was pretty low. I think it was a three out of ten or one and a half stars. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I, that's all I can plug. <laughs> About how many episodes uh, or um, movies or shows have you rated so far? Oh, plenty now. Uh, I would yeah. say probably 10. Okay. Oh, around 10. I'm, I'm not counting. I didn't, I didn't write reviews until we started podcasting. Uh-huh. I was just putting the, the star reviews. Okay. In terms of just giving stars, uh, there's probably 20 plus. Oh, okay. Gotcha. In terms of written reviews. Written reviews. Yeah. Like Handful. this last. Yeah, half baby. Oh, all right. Puzzle. I still need to catch up. So, <laughs> no. Yeah, you're watching like 30 movies a week. I know. <laughs> I, it's like uh, I'm kind of torn. I gotta watch shows and then give my like thoughts and plans and everything. So, yeah, I, I heard Letterbox yeah. is gonna add like a, a more streamlined way of reviewing TV shows. Oh. Hmm. But I'm not. I'm not putting TV shows on my <laughs> strictly movies. Yeah, that's too much. Gotcha. Cool. All right. I'll plug mine. I mean, uh, what's it called? Letterboxd? Work Time Fun Pod? Letterboxd. Podcast? (laughs) Yes. That's it. All right. So I think that wraps up for us. So all of you, I hope you enjoyed uh, what we had to speak about today. And I hope you enjoyed listening to us. So until next time, have a fantastic day. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you know, we greatly appreciate that. If you can send us an email to worktimefunpodcast at gmail.com, or you can send us a message at X, you know, formerly known as Twitter, and our handle is at worktimefunpod. Thanks again.